0: Media, where we all bring something to the
1: table. Pull up a chair at punchboardmedia.com. Hello, and welcome to another episode
2: of Gumbo Live. Here's your host, BJ from Board Game Gumbo. Hey, Board Gamers, BJ from Board Game Gumbo here back with another episode of Gumbo Live. It's episode number 101. Gumbo Live, the number one-ish Facebook Live talk show dedicated to board gaming. Our special guest tonight, Dustin from Side Room Games. We're going to be talking about some spicy hot games we both played recently and some news about his Kickstarter. Board Game Gumbo, a proud member of Punchboard Media. Check out some of our other fine members like GeekCraft, A blog written by Ken Grazer, not only does Ken review games and evangelizes games, but they also produce geeky items for your board gaming needs, like dice bags, etc. Plus, right now, they're producing geek-themed masks for the COVID-19 crisis. That's GeekCraft, a member of Punchbowl Media, where we all bring something to the table. Hey, hit us up on social media tonight, on Twitter, on Facebook. At board game gumble, and we'll be looking for your questions in the chat crew. But enough blather. Let's get right to our special guest. Hey, Dustin from Side Room Games. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, how's it going, BJ? It's going awesome, Dustin. First off, you're a Albuquerque guy. Is that right? That's correct, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Hey, just in case people haven't heard of you or seen Side Room Games before, give us the elevator pitch. What is Side Room Games? Sure, yeah. So we were a company, we started
0: back at the end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Um, Started off where we saw a lot of these amazing print and play games that are on Board Game Geek um, and the different design contests they have, whether they're solo games or war games, uh, small card games, um, and started playing i like man these games are amazing i don't understand why these aren't haven't been published and so um, when we first started off we really wanted to find some of those hidden gems and get them to a broader audience because while they might get a couple hundred plays uh, out of the print and play community um we've been able to have a couple different kickstarters go to thousands of copies that we've had uh, out um and even had our uh, one of our last kickstarters back in january was for our first game a reprint and an expansion so uh, it's been going really well and we've uh, been able to you know find some cool
2: projects put them together and we have a couple more coming down the road um, and just keep going yep we're gonna be talking about some of those projects tonight an albuquerque guy i'm assuming that you hang out every night with my buddies alex and sean from the dukes of dice right that is incorrect. <laughs> not only did not only do I not hang out
0: with them, I didn't know about that until just a little bit earlier today. I did not realize that there was a podcast about board games stationed out of Albuquerque. So now I feel pretty stupid. So I actually hit him up on Facebook to talk to him. Like,
2: hey, um, I didn't know you guys existed, so we should chat. <laughs> yeah, listen, you know, they, they uh, Alex Alex lives in uh, St. Louis now, but Sean's still there. He's got a big play group that meets on Wednesday nights right there at Empire Game Library. So. Make sure you guys have up. Hopefully, hopefully, I've got something going where I, where I can get you guys uh, together. I hope so. That'd be great. Yeah, the Albuquerque gaming scene is is pretty good as far as as far as I can tell. You know, one of the things and doing a little bit of show prep, uh, Dustin. One of the things that I thought was cool is that at least back when I heard you uh, with uh, talking with Richard with We're Not Wizards, and I want to see if you still do that. You guys did a lot of lunchtime gaming back then with the people that kind of started side room games. Is that right? Oh yeah,
0: yeah we. um we still – well, obviously, since the lockdown, it hasn't been as, as, as easy, but we usually try to get together quite a bit. Um, for a while, three of the four of us of the company were working on the Air Force Base in Albuquerque, okay. and now there's only two of us, and so it's a little bit harder to get together, but we usually can. We had a big Gloomhaven uh, campaign we were going ah. through. We were probably about – I think about halfway through the, the base campaign – um, but then, sort of, once the lockdown happened, we kind of had to put it on pause. But hopefully, here in the next few months, if things start getting back to normal, we can uh, get it back up again.
2: One of one of the peop- the a lot of the people that watch the show are from the Gateway and filler games group, and that is something that we talk about on that Facebook group. If you haven't seen it, Chuck Geiger runs a fantastic group of people interested in you know those one-hour wonders, the Gateway games, the games that you can mm-hmm. play at the start or the end of the game night, or like Steve always calls it, the name father calls it. The tapas games, those little bite-sized games that you can play, and if you play three or four of them back to back, you got a nice meal, right? Yeah, so, for sure, yeah. are, what are those games that you guys? Gloomhaven's not really a tapas game. Are there, <laughs> are there any games that you that you guys have played that you found works well in a lunchtime setting? Yeah,
0: um, I'm trying to think what we've been playing a few times. We played Splendor a handful of times. That's one of my wife's favorite, and so we played that a handful of times during uh, like lunch hours um we actually have done a lot of our solo games and so like we'll do a lot of the testing for you know games we get into submissions or games that sure. are, we're having uh, running our contest um and so we usually that's that's a, a good time to you know get three or four of those knock them out play them and see what we think about them
2: that um, kind of reminds me uh, you found a lot of your games with what you call the 54 card challenge right yeah. and, I, and yeah, I've, so, yeah. I've seen that challenge on bgg and I hadn't looked at it in a while, and when I looked at the latest challenge and the long list of games that you get every year, you need yep. you need a bunch of lunch times just to get through to some of those games, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. I think this year we're getting close to, if not at thirty entries for this year, and it's about to wrap up
2: um right. the the entry April's time I, April thirtieth, right?
0: Yeah, April 30th is the entry deadline. And then basically after that, we've actually started a new thing this year where there's a play test of about a month and a half where the designers from entries have to go in and actually test other people's games, give them feedback to help kind of help improve, refine rules, refine the gameplay um, to kind of make all the other games a little better, get more experience, be able to provide feedback on to people. Um, also, while we're doing our testing in all the games too.
2: I thought that was a cool twist. You want to enter the competition, you can in, you can submit your game, but you have to help, um, not judge. Is it judging that they're doing, or really just it's a more bad just way? help?
0: It really is. It's just, it's just uh, there's been a lot of. Uh, we put two two different pieces in. One is to play it during this uh, phase that starts in May. But then we also said, hey, give some feedback, read rules, um, take a look at the cards that they put together, see if you have any feedback. And it's I'm actually pretty impressed. Like a lot of people have done a lot of hard work checking out people's games, giving them feedback. And and usually, you know, in the first couple of contests we had, you might have a game where. You know, you might only have like one or two people take a look at it. Um, but this time it seems like almost every game is getting some really good feedback in this early stage. And we're hoping that'll continue on to the second stage um, just to kind of help improve every game that's entered. And like, you know, we, we actually had one of the games from the 20, well, so one of the games from the first year in 2018 uh, actually got signed by a publisher, not, not a, somebody else picked it up. Um, I'm not sure if it's actually gone to print yet or not. And then the runner up from our uh prize from last year's game is actually on kickstarter right now it's called regicide um it's a really good game i was hoping i could sign it um but the guys they wanted to self-publish and so i was like all right well we'll still support you so we you know we helped plug the plug the kickstarter and we got our uh, copies coming so um it's actually been real successful
2: just funded a few days ago i think so uh, that one's pretty cool you started a project a contest and some of these games you're not actually signing but i bet the whole intent was to find games that you could
0: publish and that that was the goal yeah but you know we also just to be able to like, you know, for new designers to kind of learn the ropes, you know, start small with 54 cards. It's pretty simple. You know, you can, and you can for testing, it's super easy. All you have to do is print the, print the cards out, you know, front and back of six pages and, uh, and give it a go. And then that way um, you get a lot of feedback, you get a lot of experience designing, and you can take some of those designs beyond the just cards and say, okay, well I like the way I did it with the cards, but if I had a couple tokens, it would really make the game flow better. And just make a better game and eventually hopefully get some of those signed either by us or somebody else.
2: Well, I've seen people like James and Daniel and, and of course, Jamie uh, Stegmar uh, talk about how if you're going to kickstart a game and you've never published a game and you've never designed a game before, start with a 54 or 50-card 50 uh, deck game, right? Easy to play yeah, test. Yeah. And and you're you're not killing yourself if the thing doesn't go through, right? You haven't, exactly, you yeah. haven't got all this plastic and wood and bits and, and everything else.
0: Have Absolutely and it's to be
2: part of the success for you?
0: For sure, yeah. I mean we started pretty small. I mean, our first game was Black Sonata, and while it's it has a couple, you know, interesting things about it. It's and, and basically it's just a it's a board that's the size of a sheet of paper. It's a handful of cards, it's a couple tokens. Um, but it's a small box, it was simple to get set up and, and developed and, and printed, and we were able to kind of you know leverage that success. The next game was Maquis, very exact same footprint as far as the board and the box size goes. Um, and then Orchard was our, our one of our latest as well, and that went out really well too. That one's literally just 18 cards and 15 dice and two tokens.
2: Yeah, Man. PJ from Morgan Gumbo. I've got my guest here, Dustin from Sideroom Games. I didn't even realize we had this connection. Last year, we got sent this review copy of a game, and uh, it was from Envoy, a, a, a company that we do a lot of stuff for, and, oh, okay. and, and it turns out to be your game. My guest. Yes. We did the yeah. unboxing part. We, we did a, uh, Bradley went through the whole game, talked about the gameplay, uh talked about how good the solitaire worker placement aspect is for it. And it's right there on BGG. When I was doing some research and getting ready for the show, I'm like, wait a minute. We did a video for one of his games. I didn't <laughs> realize that. So, so tell me about Maquis. How, how did you discover it? Was that also part of the contest?
0: No, this one, um, Maquis has been around as a print and play game since like 2013, I think. Okay. Um, and so Jake Staines, the designer, he actually did his original version with his art and his graphic design. And then Ilya Baranowski, I think is that how you pronounce his last name. Okay. Um, he, he's actually done a lot of different graphic design art for games. He did the uh, the reprint that Gale Force 9 did for Dune. That's all oh. his graphic design and art. Um, oh. But on, as as a whim, just for fun, he actually redid Maquis. Um, and so when we found it, it was one of those, again, print plays. I don't, know how, don't understand why somebody didn't print this already <laughs> and publish it. And so we approached Jake and we finally convinced him to sign it. And so... When We printed it. We had Ilya do some, you know, some new art, some graphic design for it. We added some new cards to it. Um, and then that one was super successful. I think that was probably the most backed Kickstarter we've had so far.
2: My key. So, I, I, I have not been able to get it back because uh, the one of the guys that owns it, you know, actually, I think I think it's Carlos that actually uh, did you kickstart that one? Is that what it was? Yes, yeah, yeah. I think actually, I think actually Carlos got a copy. He actually, bought okay, a copy. yeah. So, I yep. forgot it wasn't one from uh, Envoy, it was one that Carlos had uh had actually oh, okay. bought so he's a big fan of the company that's how that's actually how i discovered you with black sonata so we're gonna, t- we're gonna talk about that in a little while bj mm-hmm. more game going up i've got my guest here dustin from side room games i want to talk about one of the games you played recently that i got to play and see what see if our thoughts match up on it tell me about your first play of uh you said you played dice forge recently
0: yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, my friend owns it, and then we were uh, sitting at lunch. I think it was like a Friday, you know, during the during the lockdown. And he's like, "Hey, let's get on board game marine and play something." And so he we set up a game of, uh, of Dice Forge, and it was fun. I actually I enjoyed it. I had never heard of it really. I think I would maybe seen a couple like pictures of the boards and stuff, but um, the, uh, the the implementation on board game marine was really good, and it was fun. I it was nice to. Kind of have that mix of luck, but also sort of st- strategic thinking about how you're going to try to plan for the for the event cards or the you know the action cards down the road, and so it, it, it was it was fun. I liked it.
2: It came on my radar back in 2017. Where I was at Dice DiceCon, I was teaching viticulture, and my son Jack. Uh, was not in the game, but someone invited him to play Dice Forge. And I kind of peripherally heard about it, sort of like you were. I didn't know a lot about it. I knew that it was the, the game that popped the dice faces. That's all mm-hmm. I knew about it. I do not know what kind of game it was. After the game, he comes back and says, Dad, really cool game. You need to try it. Never thought about it again. Some of the guys in the Gumbo crew do play it. But Sagan brought a copy to our game night a couple of months ago, and I finally got to play it. And i tell you, I, you know, it's an engine-building game, basically, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a dice-building game. And that concept is really cool. The the dice were a little bit fiddly, but I love the idea of constantly manipulating the odds. It felt like you had more control of the mitigation of the luck in the game. Uh, Did you get that same feeling
0: as you were playing it? Yeah, for sure. It was nice because I was – and it was only playing it the one time. I felt like there's a lot of different ways you could build a strategy as far as how to build the engine. I was kind of building it more to get the – the victory points like immediately, okay. um, and Alan was kind of playing to get some of the resources to go for some of the bigger cards later. Um, and yeah, so it was just really neat, a, a cool mechanic of how to manipulate and, and change the dice as the as the game flows, and getting actual hands on a physical copy pretty actually would be pretty cool to have the, the tactile feel of, of switching those
2: dice. How is the implementation on Board Game Arena? Steve and I play a lot of Board Game Arena uh, games. In fact, we're playing um, we're playing a game right now. Shoot, I forgot Not what it was, but. Uh, oh, we're playing uh, key, We're playing Keyflower right now. okay. Oh, how is the implementation of the dice? You, I, you, you're missing out on the flicking of the, the dice faces, of course. Yeah, how, yeah. How, what, what do you get instead? How, how, do, they, how so, do they implement? So I think
0: the way it works is you basically have each of the faces are in, like, the different areas, and then you basically kind of drag and replace uh, the, the new face with the old face, and the old face comes off. And so at all times, you kind of see what the six faces of your dice are. And so then every time you roll it, you're kind of seeing what the uh, the results are. And then you kind of change them as you go from there.
2: Okay. So you're still seeing, the, I don't want to say the odds, but it is sort of the odds, you know, what, what's yeah. coming in and what's coming out. You're still seeing yeah, it 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 that. It actually might be easier to
0: do the math in your head if you're looking at all six faces at the same time.
2: <laughs> oh, I, I, I can believe that. And that is dice forge, something you got to play and you'd like to play in person, right? Uh, I actually haven't played it yet with Alan in person. He has a copy. He's he's of the
0: group. He is the, the, the biggest junkie. He has a full game room at his house where he has multiple shelves, multiple walls full of games, and um he has that one. But I have not played the physical copy yet. But I definitely I want to give it a shot again uh, now that I've played the electronic one.
2: Good choice. BJ, game, you know, I've got my guest here, Dustin from Side Room Games. How about a game, a spicy game that I got to play recently, if you don't mind talking about it? Have you heard of Santa Monica from AEG? I have not. So my wife likes games, not as much as I do. But she does like playing games. And the trick for me is to find a game that she likes. She's a teacher, so afternoons are hectic for her. you know. And and if I can find a game that uh, my buddy Chris Kirkman calls a one-hour wonder, that's the kind she's looking for. Something that with teach, setup, and breakdown is all about an hour, right? 30 Mm. minutes, play 35 minutes. So games like Reef, games like... um, you know, Ticket to Ride, any of those games that you can play in a short time, she's going to like those. Um, so I put out Santa Monica because uh, when AG sent me the game, I was intrigued by the artwork. As you can see, it's got kind of this, it's got these chill California com- you know, colors, I guess is what you'd say. And then it's got these cool pieces, but it says it plays pretty quickly. And I found out exactly that's exactly what it does. The The, the premise of the game is simple. You've got the sidewalk. If you've ever been to Santa Monica, California, or any of those beach towns, you know, Laguna Beach or Hun- you know, Huntington Beach, any of those towns, they've got these beautiful sidewalks, boardwalks, and they got the beach behind it. So what your what your goal is is to set up cards behind the uh, behind the, the sidewalk where the beach and the sidewalk extends out, and you only have 14 cards to play. And you're gonna look for those cards that match up. It's sort of like that little set collection, but where the sets actually interact with each other. So one card might say, hey, the more volleyballs, more volleyball courts that you can have lined up, you're gonna score more points. And then the twist is that you also have two or three different kinds of visitors that you need to get to go visit those malls and, and volleyball courts and sand beach areas. So in your mind, you're trying to not only buy the right cards, but get the right people and then use the economy to double and triple your actions. All in the space of about 45 minutes. I was really impressed with the way the game plays. And I, and I got to admit, I just love this little chill art that it's got on there. You know, it's nice pastel colors, nice friendly beach. The sand dollars are the money and, and the sand dollars are kind of cute. Little They look like little wooden sand dollars. So I got to admit, AEG, they, they've been in a roll lately. And I really like this one, Santa Monica, a nice chill one hour wonder that I think is going to do wonders. What do you think?
0: I might have checked it out. My wife—that's kind of like the same type of games my wife likes—and so I'm going to try to see if I can find that one. Her current favorite is Splendor, but she hasn't been playing as much recently. She's just been busy, so maybe I'll have to see if I can find something else that might—that might, uh, that might uh, scratch an itch for. Her.
2: That might be the one, huh? game Morgan, got my guest here, Dustin from Side Room Games. You have a couple of games that I've actually got to play, and one of those—the reason that I discovered you on the radar—was Black Sonata. Black Sonata was a game that Carlos kept telling me, B.J., you got to play this game. It is is—it's diabolical. It's wicked. But more importantly, you're, you're never going to figure out how this guy, John Keane, I think his name is, right? Yep. How John yes. Keane could come up with this game system. And I'm going, the box is this big. How, how can a game system be that important to such a little box? Tell me how you found Black Sonata. And I'm going to try to get a picture of it for us.
0: Yeah, sure. So this was about the same day we started the company and I was just looking at different print and play games and found Black Sonata. And it was right about the time where the I think it was right after the 2017 solo game design contest on BoardGameGeek had It ended sure. and it, it won all the prizes. It like won overall game, um, you know, and all graphic design, artwork. It was just won everything. And I'm like, well, OK, let's see what this is like. Um, so I printed it out and I remember I, I printed it out and played it at lunch uh, at work one day. And I'm playing it and I'm just sitting there. My smile just keeps growing. I'm like, this is insane. Like, I don't understand how this works. I don't understand how the deduction works. I don't understand how the uh, hidden movement in a solo game works. Like, I don't understand it. This is witchcraft. Um, and I played it. I'm like, I really want to publish this game. And so I contacted John and he said that uh, it actually uh, some publisher in Europe was looking at it. And he's like, well, I haven't heard from him in a while. So if I don't hear from him pretty soon, uh, we'll just we'll roll with you. And I kept like pinging him every week. Do you hear anything? Do you hear anything? And he's finally like, you know what? I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of waiting. Let's 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 work with you and let's make it happen. And uh, like the rest is history. Like I said, it's it's an amazing game. It it boggles my mind how he designed it and the combination of the, all the different mechanics and like the keyhole cards uh, and the way that works. It just it's it's so unique and I'm so happy we were able to make it happen.
2: Yeah. So I've got a solo picture up uh, there. And, and the, the unique thing that, that Carlos was just bugging me about were those little circles, those little dots that give you a see-through. So there, there may be a lot of people that have heard of it, but give an overview real quick. What's the elevator pitch of this game?
0: So the elevator pitch of the game, it is a solo hidden movement and deduction game. And, and in the game, you are trying to figure out who the dark lady from uh, Shakespeare's dark or yeah from his dark or his dark lady sonnets you're trying to figure out who the dark lady is um and so you are moving around the map of london um and in each each turn you're trying to investigate and see if you can catch up to her and every time you catch up to her um the way you do that the mechanic is is that you take like at the bottom of the picture you see you take the card at the location you're at and you line up that card with the stealth deck which is also the same size of card and you basically line them up and flip them over and if you guess correctly you'll see a little silhouette of the dark lady in the keyhole and if you guess wrong you won't see anything and so every time you make a correct guess you're able to figure out who she isn't and so there are 12 different ladies in the deck then you start off with one that you're trying to hunt and every time you get a new one you get more clues as to what her identity is and if you can eventually figure out what her key attributes are um, on the left- hand side of the uh, dark lady card, you can see the different attributes, whether it's she was married or she had romantic ties to Shakespeare or she had a child, all different kinds of traits. Um once you figure that out, if you can catch up to her uh, one last time before the stealth deck runs out, and you can confront her and if you confront her successfully,
2: uh, you can win the game. Then that was the that unique puzzle that I, I did need a little help from Carlos, so you know, Deduction games, puzzle games—not really my strength. I'll, I'll give him that. But even with just the little hints that he would give me, a little help, I was able to work through the game. But the 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 challenge of chasing after, every, you know, and, and looking for those moves and trying to find it—I I just thought it was incredible. So I don't know what's going on with the uh, chat. We're, we're having some storms out here in Louisiana, so I, I'm, we're having a little bit of trouble with the, the interface. I'm not seeing the chat. I don't know if you're seeing the chat. Um, okay. Uh... <laughs> I was hoping to get some questions from the chat on the from the thing, and they're actually posting stuff like Thomas just said, hey, the artwork is absolutely fantastic in Black Sonata. So I'm sorry you're not seeing the chat here. Uh, That's right. There There's our buddy Mick Fitch who says, uh, man, Black Sonata sounds interesting. So I'm just going to kind of read them to you for it. So, yeah, so sure. we sorry So we're not getting the uh, chat crew tonight. But uh, Black Sonata, just a fantastic puzzle. It plays solo, but, but you could play with a team. It would be a great husband and wife game, right?
0: It is actually, yeah. We had um, Rado took a look at it uh, before before the Kickstarter. He looked at the prototype, and he actually mentioned that his favorite way to play it was with his wife, and they would just kind of work through it together as they would, you know, try to do the deduction and and try to figure out where she was at.
2: I see on BGG that there's that John's been working on some expansion content.
0: Yes, yeah. So we had a Kickstarter for the first expansion in January, and it did really well. Um, And so that one adds, I think, six different variants. So it adds. Um, a couple different new deductions you can do it adds a couple tools to either make the game a little trickier or a little easier depending on kind of how you like it Um, and then it also adds some new dark lady cards if you want to mix it up Um, it's a different it's a little bit harder deduction than the base game um, but it kind of adds some variety if you think you're maybe getting too used to the ones you're seeing um, to be able to kind of mix it up and, and keep it fresh and then he has another expansion a couple pieces that he's working on um, that we'll probably look at maybe next year. We'll have to An- kind of see how it goes. Yeah.
2: Another expansion?
0: Yep. another small one. Like I said, the, the expansion for this one was like a small tuck box size with a couple cards and some tokens. Um, this one will probably have a brand new stealth deck, so to kind of uh, freshen it up there, and then a couple new mechanics
2: that he's working on. And and if, correct me if I'm wrong. The puzzle of the game gets reset every time you play. So you could actually play this yeah. game over and over again without any more expansions. Yes.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think uh, you know every time you play, it's a new Dark Lady card, and then also when you set up the deck, uh, you're setting up a different. You can set up a different sequence every time. I think if I remember correctly, the number is somewhere around 50 total paths to, that are in the box, with between the rules and the way the cards are built. And then every time you start a uh, a path, you start it in a random position at the beginning of the game, so it helps kind of you know add again add some more replayability. Um, so that it's it's you're not trying to remember or memorize things so yeah um, it it works really well i i I have not heard of anybody everybody during the kickstarter is like well can you just remember the dark lady cards and i'm like Mm -hmm. i have not met anybody who could do that
2: but if you can hopefully at least get your 20 bucks or 25 bucks out of it so good luck with that steve Steve makes a point it's an achievement of game design because as you're playing it you think this this can't work it's not really gonna work this way and then it does yeah
0: Yeah, again it, it it still boggles my mind to this day and he used some of those uh deduction pieces in the, the the game we just finished on kickstarter fallen angels and i just he the way he designs games is just, it's impressive
2: i'm curious how uh, steve has got got a good question in the chat how can he expand such a delicately balanced game without breaking it that's the how, what is he doing all this by himself is does he have a playtest group that he relies on how does this well, work so, so
0: he does it all by himself, and he has he, I mean, he we have all the print and play files that are out there on BoardGameGeek. So all of our games always the print and play files are usually out there even before the game launches. Um, and so he gets some feedback here and there, and there was a lot of feedback during the contest um, that really got it to where it's at. Uh, but like for for example, one of the expansion pieces um, adds a new card, and if I probably couldn't pull up a picture, but on the face of the card it has some different uh, numbers. And as you do the keyhole mechanic where you do a search, you can do a search, look at that card, and each keyhole will tell you how many spaces away the guy you're looking for is. And I just don't understand.
2: I don't get it. I'm just
0: like, hey, man, it works, it works, and it
2: works. It's it's wild. Thomas wants to know, are you having any significant production challenges with the pandemic in, in creating this new content?
0: Uh, not yet. We had uh, right around February. It was just a little bit tricky um, to kind of have communication. Um, so, you know, we, we we would have, you know, emails back and forth and they, you know, uh, both of our, our two current manufacturers, we use Bangwe and Gameland. Um, they are super great people to work with, and they were saying, hey, you know, it's going to be a little rough in the next couple of weeks, so just bear with us. And um, But luckily, we weren't in the middle of production. We were kind of in between uh, projects and then doing some fulfillment, which was a little tricky. And we're still having a few issues that we're trying to get uh, nailed down on the orchard fulfillment. Um, but in general, it hasn't been too bad so far. So we're going to start production on the expansion and the reprint Probably the first or second week of May, um, so we'll see what how it goes
2: from there. Well, that follows up with what Mick wants to know. Mick wants to know: is there is there a way to get this in retail at all? So for Black Sonata and the expansion, we have the
0: uh, we're still taking late pledges. So oh. on Game Found, yep, you can find it there, um, and so we still 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 taking uh, orders there. And then we'll probably sometime I'm guessing in the June timeframe we'll probably lock down the the pledge manager, but then we'll have extra copies on our site. Um, we're also working with a couple new um, publishing partners in different countries. So some different languages we have so far in Spanish, Chinese, and Italian versions that are gonna come out. and we're working on some other ones too. So well, Steve um, so just, those will be opportunity for people
2: as well. Steve just posted a link to the to your store on the uh, on the oh, chat okay. so the chat crew can see you know the the link to get to your games. but if they if they want to jump in on a late pledge with uh, the Black Sonata and its expansion, uh, it's mm-hmm. the, I forgot the name of it. I'm sorry, fair yeah. use. The Fair Youth. Uh, they can jump on Gamefound and find a copy if they want to. Is that right? Yep. Yeah, he's got <laughs> he's got a link to it right now on Gamefound. The Fair Youth by Side Room Games. So, chat crew, you can check it out right there. Mick, if you and uh, Starla are looking for a copy, you can check it out right there. VJ <laughs> from Morgan Gumbo, I've got my guest here, Dustin from Side Room Games. We've been talking about some of his spicy games that he's come out pl- pl- uh, print and play games that he found, and one of those is one that you were kind enough to send to the gumbo for us to check out. Fallen Angels. Now the timing did not exactly quite work out. We did get a video out. We did get the video for uh, on the Dice Tower. We didn't hit, yep. the the show because of everything going on. We're a day late, but we're not a dollar short. And you're gonna explain why, exactly. isn't that right?
0: Yeah. But yeah, no, yeah, we um we just finished up on Sunday and uh, had almost a thousand backers on that one. That one's a it was our first contest winner from our very first 54 card contest we did back in 2018. We finally got it to to publish uh, this year. Um, it's, it's amazing. It's another one by John Keane. It's all about deduction. So if you like if you like logical deduction, you'll love it. Um, it's a cooperative game where you're basically you're trying to collect evidence to put away uh, these criminals from back in the 1920s uh, uh, era of Australia. And so each of those uh, pictures and art is authentic uh, shots that were taken from that era that have been cleaned up by John and put onto the cards. These are scary um,
2: people. Look at these people. Dustin. Look so at it, some of them are, some of them
0: are very interesting and his, he has a little background booklet that he put together that we're putting in the game as well. That has some information on some of the key players that are there, that are part of the game. Um, so it's just a really cool theme, a really cool mechanic. Um, it plays very similar um, to like Hanabi where you hold your cards in a certain way and you can see, The symbols on your side, but your partners are seeing the symbols on the other side. And so each time you do a deduction, your partners are setting up their cards so that some symbols are on the, uh, that they see match and some don't. And so you basically have to decipher from what they see and you think they see to what you see and how that compares to what you don't see on the side of the card that you're trying to guess. It's just, again, I don't understand how it works. I don't understand how he does, does these designs, but it's just really clever and it's fun. And it like just burns your brain in the right way. And it's, it was just it, when we played it the first time, like we're just like, I don't understand how this is not like a, 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 the winner. Like it just, it's, it was, it was perfect.
2: So I remember calling Carlos and Bradley and I'm telling the game. Uh, actually, I want to say uh, it was Carlos that, that got me to reach out to you. Are you posted something on that Facebook group? I can't remember now, but I, I played yeah, last night before. It. Was that yeah. it? Yeah. I played last night before, and then you had this game come out. When it came to the house, I remember thinking to myself, I'm reading the rules, I'm going, this can't work. I don't even understand how (laughs) this would work. And and I've got a solo shot of me and Carlos playing. I'm looking at my cards on one side, and I'm looking at his cards, and that's the suspect, if I remember right, that's the suspect that we're uh, we're trying to narrow down. And, of course, Bradley and I have two totally different sets of cards. I can't see what's behind his cards. I can only see what's in front of everybody, and you're trying to put all these symbols together. And my brain would melt. My brain was melting playing the game. I think I told you that night, we didn't play it once. We didn't play it twice. We played it three times back to back to back. (laughs) So if our brains are melting playing it, how is John doing this?
0: I I don't get it. And he, 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 whatever system he uses, he actually did the math on it to figure out the best way to set up multiplayer. it's, It's the same yeah, he did. He did a ton of like simulations. I think where he basically tried to figure out what is the right card count and setup for like two players versus six players, so it's all kind of on the same same level. Um, and yeah, I it just it's it's wild. Like I just don't I don't understand it, but it's pretty it's pretty good. Okay, I got a bone to pick with you.
2: Now we played the game. You asked me for a quote. We had played the game three times back to back to back, so it was still fresh in my mind. And I said Hanabi on steroids with absolutely diabolical deduction puzzles in every hand. That's, a, that's pretty accurate, right?
0: Yes, that, that is exactly how I would describe that.
2: <laughs> you, you and I have something in common. We're both we're both fans of the secret cabal. And Steve <laughs> yep. puts a quote, and his quote is, Fallen Angels, a great card game, deduction it that fits in your pocket. The pictures are from actual criminals in the 20s as well, so it really helps build the theme. Yeah, except last week he tells us on the show he never actually played it when he posted the quote. <laughs> it, it's, it's, gotta it's funny. i got to on a big with you. I played the game. <laughs>
0: it's it's hilarious i we have had steve blurbs for every one of our kickstarters and my goal is to continue to do that and i think this one just because of the timing and the pandemic i'm like i sent them the copy and i was like hey even if it's just something random give me a blurb and he's like all right i can do that so
2: so, so steve I, I enjoyed uh i don't know when you posted this but i enjoyed your your post uh pretty recently you said something like even if i have to make up a quote from Steve, we're gonna have a Steve Spang quote exactly. In we better.
0: have to have a Steve quote. Name yeah.
2: father, I knew right away. I said, I'm gonna have fun with Dust on the show. He's got my sense of humor, I like that. He's got my kind of <laughs> sense of humor. So, no, uh, they hadn't got to play it. It's not his fault, you know, it came to them when oh, they yeah, were, sure. you know, the middle of the COVID 19 crisis. They could, we got ours early enough to where it was actually uh, a couple of weeks before the whole thing fell apart, you know, with the, mm-hmm. our last probably the third to last game that we had. So luckily I was able to get enough plays in there, get a nice video out there. And I was super glad this thing funded easily. You guys, that has got to be one of the big worries for you as a, as a Kickstarter.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, and this one was interesting because it's the first game we've had. That's not a solo game. It's, it is a, you have to have like John tried and react his brain, but couldn't find a solo variant he liked. And so we're like, okay, well we're just going to roll with it, you know, as a, as a multiplayer game and, um, we built up this big solo audience, but luckily, you know, the the people who support the company uh, and, and, you know, I've liked what we've done so far that they, they hopped on and then they spread the word. And so we actually we were pretty su- successful. I was thinking we'd have around a thousand backers or so. And that's what we got. And I'm sure we'll have some some uh, late pledges, too. So I was I was very happy.
2: Steve posted a link to the Kickstarter in there again. If uh, You and I were talking off air. If people want to get this game, it's not too late. Even though the Kickstarter ended yesterday, they still have a chance to get Fallen Angels. Mm-hmm. Is that right?
0: Yes, yes, yeah. So we will have a pledge manager up for late pledges on GameFound as well. Um, we were working on the finishing touches this morning, so I'm hoping to have that live probably by
2: tomorrow we'll have that up. So, How much has changed from the, you know, you find this, this, this print and play. Well, actually, I guess in this case, it wasn't really finding a print and play. You already had a relationship with, uh, with John, right?
0: Yeah, we already had a relationship with John, and actually, I mean, the contest was going on, I think it was – it was either right around the same time or maybe a little bit before we actually had the Black Snot Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Um, and so we had already had, you know, Black Snot on the contract, but we still ran the contest um, and, you know, took everything, you know, try to keep it, you know, even keel, you know, made sure we were, you know, fair and balanced. And it was just it was an amazing design. And so um, it was our standout winner for sure. Uh, so it was pretty it was nice to be able to work with him again. Um, and he has a couple of other games that he has that are out there that we are looking at and we might try to work with him in the future too. So he's been, I'm, he's been fantastic. Work
2: I, I didn't get a chance to check how much has changed since the contest. Cause it, so it, it, it came
0: with all the artwork already, right? Yeah, it came with all the artwork. The only thing that changes during the contest, I think he had it only around forty cards, and he actually found a way to when he was doing his you know analysis and and, and tinkering uh, in the last year. Or so he actually got it to where it was uh, fifty four cards and went from four players to six player supporting. So, um, but, but yeah, but that's that's the only major change. So the, the rules are are the same. The setup is a little different because you now have the option to go up to six players, but um, the mechanics are are the same as they were in, during the contest. Graphic design, all of that came ready to go or did you have some input yep, yeah he, he did all the graphic design and artwork on this one uh you know since he was using art assets from the from the classic uh, the, the pictures he found uh, but he did all the graphic design set up for this one too so is this something that can be tweaked and added and expanded um we haven't really thought about it um When John put it together, he liked where it was at, and he kind of tightened it up, like I said, over the last, you know, maybe year-ish, you know, as we've been kind of thinking about, you know, launching it in in 20. Um, And so he likes where it's at. I don't think we'll try to do anything as far as expansion. Um, This is one of those ones where we we like to be able to – we have a, you know, kind of a – we're starting a line of games, uh, Orchard, and this one, where it's a small box, where it's portable, um, it's cheap, and uh, but still high-quality components. um, It's a pocket game. It goes right in your pocket. Yep, yeah, it's perfect. Perfect travel game, and one of those ones where you can you know take it anywhere and have it you know either at the end of the night, at the beginning of the night, uh, at lunch, things like that. So. so,
2: you're a publisher though, and and publishers like to tweak, they like to change, they like to twist. Do you do you just trust a guy like John Keane and trust all of the development that he's done? How how do you do that as a publisher? Because if you are, you're the first publisher that I've interviewed that has hands off on a game.
0: We we really do. I mean, it, it all kind of depends on the game, too. Um, you know, this one, we actually we were thinking like long and hard, like maybe we should have somebody come up with a solo variant. Um, maybe have it like as a design contest, you know, before oh. or after during the Kickstarter to be able to come up with a solo variant. We give people credit for. But, you know, we thought long and hard about it. And we're like, you know what? We, we trust John. John has been amazing. He knows how to design a game and, and it, he likes where it's at. So let's just keep it the way it is. Um, but, you know, other games we have, you know, we we worked with um, Jake on Maquis and came up with a couple of new mission cards and kind of did some tweaks to the rules. Um, when we worked uh, a couple of games we have coming up in the next uh, later on this year, we've been working with a designer and actually doing a little bit more development than we have on the first few games. Um, so we're kind of we're stretching that part of our capability as a publisher. Um, and I think in the next few uh, uh, titles we're going to have, I think it'll really shine and show like, wow, actually, this game is, they just keep getting better so that's what i'm hoping
2: would one of the benefits of being a a publisher whose focus is on young designers and i say young not in terms of age i'm ter- in terms yep. of of publishing uh working with print and play type designers is it the benefit of the fact that a lot of these people have a sense of community where here's my files here's my rule bot rule book test it out for yourself people let me know what you yep. think and then tweak it so-, so is a lot of the development work for some of your early designs kind of done for you a little bit.
0: Oh yeah, like for for Black Sonata, I mean, if you go they have a there's a forum on BoardGameGeek that has the work in progress threads where basically people will talk about, you know, the game they're designing and get feedback. I think Black Sonata still may have one of the longest threads that I've ever seen on there just because it was people were so interested so quickly on it and gave tons of feedback and where it started to where it ended was wildly different and it was because of that community because of the, the camaraderie of the, the designers on, on BGG and the print and play community to be able to test it out, give feedback and really help, you know, take it from a good game to just a gym. And, and it's, it's, it's a, it's a great community to work with and we'll continue to support them. All of our print and play files from the beginning to the end finished products are all
2: free out there um, for download and print play. And, and that's the way we'll always be. Steve wants to know, any chance that you're looking at some of the older games? Uh, Steve actually, the name father actually dives into these things. He's he's looked at Blorg in the Midwest and the Shooting Party. I haven't played either one of them. I'm sure you're so, familiar with them, right?
0: I, I am. So Blorg actually, I believe, if John, if I remember John correctly, uh, Buttonshy picked that one up okay. and actually did it as part of one of their like um, monthly subscription games. Ah, okay. um, that, one's, that one's a cool, neat one. It uh, reminds me a lot of the Far Side, uh, ah. old comics. Sure, yeah, and it's awesome. like I think it's I think it's literally only nine cards and that's it. And so um we we I asked him about it, but he said, you know, Button Shy had that one. Um I looked at shooting party and that's one that kind of caught my eye and I need to talk to John about that. John did another one for the last solo contest. Um it's called Art I Rest in Peace, the Asylum, and it's got some of the creepiest pictures that he's found and it's like Great. a haunted house types uh uh dice dice roller, um kind of like not dungeon crawler, but like trying to escape the house and and it's got some of the deduction mechanics, I think, of uh, from like Black Snot and Fallen Angels. So that one looks pretty cool. So we might have to talk to him about that one at some point.
2: Ah, true. But you know, getting off subject of John's designs, <laughs> looking at the list of games that you have entered in this year's contest, that Supreme Court one, where you're trying to convince the nine justices about the about the evidence, we've been playing we've been playing a game on TTS because we can't get together alive uh, that has that. It's called Lawyer Up, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it's the name of it. Oh, up. okay, yeah. Yeah, fantastic game. And I'm reading the description by this designer of the game that's in your contest, and it's like a miniature version of this where you're, where you're making your arguments, but you're worried about objections from the other side while you're while you're arguing to the justices. It, it doesn't really feel like a Supreme Court argument, but I get where the designer is doing it. He's kind of melding a trial and the Supreme Court argument all at the same time. Very interesting mm-hmm. thing. Have you actually got to play that one yet? Or, or, I, no, or can I, you talk I've, about these yet? Well, we can talk. Yeah, we can talk. But we haven't played any of them yet. We we
0: in the in the previous contest, there's a few times where we played a couple of games before, before the contest kind of got to that testing phase. Um, but this time, we were like, okay, well, let's let's back up because we have a bunch of other stuff going on too, and the timing obviously is is a big impact um, as far as getting together. But we're like, okay, we'll we'll hold off. Um, we'll hit them all with fresh eyes after they've actually gotten some good feedback because um, that was one of the things that we we noticed in the first couple of contests is that. You know, a game may come in late, not get any feedback at all. And it's like, well, you know, we're not doing that game a service. We're not doing that designer a service of actually like saying, OK, let's give them some good feedback so they can actually work on the game during the contest. And so that's what we're kind of hoping to do this time. Um, and we usually always give uh, if people ask for it or you know, even if they don't, we'll give them feedback on like what we thought of the game, um, ways to improve it. And in the hopes that, you know, they'll continue to improve and refine it. And, you know, maybe come back in a different contest or come back in a different way and come back to us and we can you know try to sign it from there.
2: Quick question from Thomas. He wants to know, how do most games come across your desk? Are you scouring the PnPs? or you Are you getting submissions? Or are you mainly relying on the contest?
0: So when we first started, I was doing a lot of scouring to kind of like find some of the games. And so that's like, you know, like all the first three games we had, Black Sonata, Maquis and Orchard were all print and plays where I went and approached the designers and like, hey, let's let's publish this um and then you know fallen angels and we have another one that was in the contest or two more in the contest from 2018 and 2019 that will be taken to publishing either probably early next year um and then um but we've also got a lot of submissions so our next game that we're going to do in the summer is one that we got a submission on we met at origins last year and it was like one of the first ones we played and we we're like this game is pretty pretty awesome and it's going to be our, our biggest game so far you'll actually have miniatures custom meeples bigger yeah. board Trigger box, yeah. So that'll be our first kind of step up into like the, the larger
2: game. So um, this that not, was one that that's not going to be side room games. That's going to be living room games or, or big, <laughs> room, big, big room games or something? Exactly. Yes, game room games. <laughs> right, right. Because that doesn't sound like a side room.
0: Yeah. And what's the name yeah, of that no, so yeah, uh, That one's called Element of the Gods. Okay. Uh, the designer, um, Jay, he... He's been around the the community for a long time. He actually was working the booth uh, with um, Gil Hova for uh, Formal Ferret Games. And he actually taught us uh, networks while we were there. Okay. Um, But yeah, but uh, this one's a really cool one. Yeah, this one's really cool. It's uh, Jay Bowles, I think is his last name, if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah.
2: Yeah, So yeah, this one suggests ballroom games if you're going to go with a big junk. (laughs) They have ballroom (laughs) games. That'll work, right? Yeah. Maybe not that big, but yeah, you never know. Um,
0: But yeah, so this one's really cool. It's uh, basically. It is a, it's a, kind of a take on an area control game where you are manipulating as, like, like gods in, like, the ancient times. Um, you're manipulating your worshippers around the board in order to, you know, satisfy certain conditions and, and score victory points. Um, and you're, you're manipulating different elements, whether it's um, earth and birthing new worshippers or you're using wind to move them around or fire to scatter them. Um, it's a really cool concept, and it's, a, it's an interesting take on, like... Um, Area control and 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 manipulation where you're not actually moving your pieces, you're moving common pieces across the board, and you're trying to set up these patterns to be able to 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 score. Um, it's a really cool game, and and so we've been heavily invested in you know getting really good art and developed on it, um getting the 3D models for the for the for the miniatures that are going to be in, in it. So we're really excited about this one. This one when this you, one's going to be big for us. When do you expect it to hit Kickstarter? Um, we're still shooting for July. I think that should still be on schedule. I know it's been it's kind of slowed down a little bit just because of, of the situation, um, but we're hoping to be able to start getting some of the review copies out. Uh, hopefully by next month, uh, we're getting a couple of the last pieces of the art
2: done that we need for the actual prototypes. So, and, and that's Element of the Gods coming out from yep. Side Room Games, hopefully late this summer on Kickstarter. Yep. Right. Yes. BJ from Morgan Go, I've got my guest here, Dustin from Side Room Games. Hey, Dustin, this is a Board game show, right? We got to play a board game. All I got my right. buddy here, Steve, <laughs> the name father, who's checking in.
1: Hey, are you doing?
2: Steve's going to help me out with the game. It's called the Avi game. Avi is just a good old Cajun word, Dustin for uh, what would you say in New York? A hankering, a jonesing. jonesing. What would you say? Jonesing.
1: Definitely okay. jonesing. <laughs> Not hankering. No. No, Hankering's a little bit further south. We're okay. bit... That's from,
2: that's
0: that's Missouri. That's where I'm from. I think we would have a Hankering.
2: So. Oh, good. Okay. See, the 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 Hankering joke finally worked. It t- it only took 101 <laughs> episodes, Steve. So Hankering. So, but we, we use the word Alvi. It's or something we really want to do. So, we're gonna play a little game with the chat crew. Apologize, it's not working tonight with the, with the swamp gas going on outside. What what Steve will keep an eye on the on the chat crew and make sure we have it. But we're gonna ask you 20 questions style, and we're gonna try to get you to narrow down the game. Uh, so have you, have you thought of a game that doesn't matter if it's one that you own, one that your friends own, one that's hard to, to get, or one that you have every day with the perfect partners and the perfect time and no distractions, that game that you have the envy to play?
0: It is my all-time favorite,
2: yes. Oh, wow. Okay. So you got the game in okay. mind and you understand the rules, right? Well, let's play the Monty game. All right, chat crew, whenever you're ready, start throwing out those questions. Now, I'm limited to about 20 questions. The chat crew is going to be firing because they want to beat me and Steve. They want to <laughs> they try to beat it. So. And uh, I'll be honest, usually they do. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. The first question I always start, and then I'll let Steve ask one, is is it a competitive or a cooperative game? And I'm going to guess it's a competitive game. It is competitive. Yeah, I think that. <laughs> Based on our discussions tonight... It sounds like that <laughs>
1: That you'd like it. All right. See, Thomas, has jumped, Thomas has already jumped in with Gloomhaven.
0: Gloomhaven? No. I love Gloomhaven, um, but it is not Gloomhaven. Ooh,
2: Thomas, good good. Although good Gloomhaven choice, is – it's cooperative.
1: Yeah.
2: It is. That's right. So he probably posted – remember, they're on a little bit of a delay with us, about right. seven minutes. No, so right. he probably posted that right before. So, all right. So, oh, Thomas has a quick question. Does it have miniatures? Good question, Thomas.
1: Mm.
0: I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna put no. It, I would not call them
2: miniatures. Ooh, I think Steve, that's a hint. That, that all right, name father. You, name father, you got a question?
1: Yeah. Well, that makes me think and wonder if it might be affiliated with an IP of some sort. Mm, Good question.
2: It is not.
1: Hmm. Not
2: right. IP. Uh, okay. I got a question for you. American or European designer? Is it one of those? An American or European designer? As far as you know. I
0: I don't know who the designer is, but I would say it is American. Okay. Like American
2: trashy. Okay. Hmm. That's a definite hit. But he doesn't know who the designer is. Okay, so not one of the not one of the big people. I remember. Yeah. One okay. of the big people.
1: Playing under an hour or over an hour, would you well, say? I'm going to guess over an hour named father. Hey, he's, he's agonizing over this one. He's, he's thinking. It's like, it's, I would say maybe just a little bit over an hour.
2: A little over. Oh.
0: not I played it, so I probably have to play it again to know to remember, but
2: Is it okay. is it within the last three years? It's, is it, you know, cult of the cult to the new type game? No. Not. Not cult of the new.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. All right, so chat crew, let's uh, oh uh, Thomas has a good question. Player boards, does it have individual player boards? So, sort of like um, like a Coimbra or Orleans, one of those. Our Cthulhu death may die. You know, individual. I, I,
0: I would not call them individual player boards.
1: Okay. Patricia's got a question. Can you see it, Steve? Let me pull it back up. Is it a deck builder?
2: No. Not a deck builder, Patricia. Patricia, sure you won last week. This week, you may not win. We'll see. Cards, you, got you got one? Cards, dice, or both? Cards. Like you're throwing me off on here. I was expecting a big mini fest with, you know, <laughs> dice and chunks. I know you started out with settlers in a couple other games, right? Mm,
0: yeah, yeah. Started off, I think my first kind of foray was settlers, and then the city and cities and knights variant. Because if you don't play cities and knights, I'm not sure why you're playing. <laughs> you
2: know, I've never Nights. played cities and knights. I've I've never played it. No,
0: cities and knights makes it actually like worth playing now. I still think that game is great. My wife still loves that one. Like I would play that one right now if I could.
2: I've played the base game a hundred times, and we, you know we just never moved on. But we did. We moved to the five and six player expansion, and I mm-hmm. call that voodoo because that is just it's terrible. It, I don't know why anybody would play a five or six player. Version. It, it, it's it's really slow. Like four is a good number, uh,
0: but yeah, with you when you have cities and knights, it brings in a whole new level of like strategy and tactics that make the game replayable, in my opinion. Does it have a historical theme?
1: No. No historical theme. question. I, Nick threw ta- Nick threw out Dominion, but I think you you quashed deck builder. Yeah.
2: So he said cards, it's card, yes. card based.
1: Hmm. So to recap, you're saying not in the last three years, over no. a, over an hour to play. Just over
2: an hour. Yeah. Quote,
1: yeah. miniature. <laughs> no,
2: no miniatures, he said.
1: No, no but he, he was like, they, I wouldn't call them miniatures because there are pieces that are more than just pieces, it sounds like. It sounds like yeah.
2: standees.
1: Sounds like standees. Possibly. Maybe. No, he's not. maybe not. Mini- maybe not miniatures. Some something that might be smaller scale. It, it
0: it is it is a it is a. They have plastic pieces that are unique to the game, but I would not call that Oh, miniature. it's clearly
2: Stratego then. It's clearly Stratego. <laughs> no, it's not. Stratego. Uh, let's see. I, I like Stratego once when I was a kid and got destroyed, and I've this. <laughs> I'm gonna guess it's not a legacy game. The answer to that would be no. no not a legacy. Nope. No. Doesn't sound. It's
1: not bad. not an IP. And not a designer whose name we'd necessarily recognize, perhaps.
0: I honestly have no idea who designed this game. It could be somebody famous, and I do not know.
2: Okay. Patricia got a great question Is it a tile laying game? No. Not a tile laying game. Okay. <laughs> She's just in it for the street cred. Okay. And Thomas, is, I'm not even going to ask if it's chess because it doesn't sound like chess at all. And remember, it's card based, not, not pieces based.
1: So would it have chance. been an award-winner we would have recognized? Great question, father.
2: I believe it has won
0: awards.
1: Hmm. All right, we're gonna have to go back. If it's going back, is it Spiel?
2: I would assume so. Okay. Do, is it route-building? Does it have route building in it? It is, it is not route building. Oh, it's not Ticket to Ride. Okay, dang it. It's not ticket oh, to ride. I've never played that Ticket to Ride. That's
1: actually good for the not minis. That's actually not bad, BJ. That's See, good thinking. That's
2: what I was thinking. He said card-based, and then Your he card starts to mention things. Based. Not really a player but board. Not really
1: minis. Yeah, that's not good. really minis. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
2: Never played no, Ticket never, to Ride, I, huh? Never
0: have. Ooh, still. I, I just, no, nobody's owned it that we've, like, that I, in our gaming group, and just never
2: have, never have busted it out. Still in my top ten after all these years after I don't even know how I honestly because I track the BGG stats but I don't I, I, won't, I started only like 2014 tracking stats so I don't know what I did before that I had no idea how many times I played to drive I honestly don't just uh, one of my favorite games all day you know why because it's so easy to when I when I get family or friends that have never played a board game before it's one of those games that I can just break up that one and no thanks. I've been the two games that I can break out mm-hmm. the fastest with people. One to show what a board game is like that's not Monopoly, and one then, to show a card game that's not Bure. You know, I can I can show them, or whatever you guys call it in Missouri. I don't know what, <laughs> y'all play, Uke or something. What, 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 did, y'all, what did y'all play in Missouri? Uh, actually, I grew up
0: playing pitch, so pitch. 10 point pitch. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we used to play that. Me, my dad, my sister, and stepmom would play that to the wee hours in the morning. Pitch. Uh,
2: we played pit yeah. like that. We played a game called pit. And we played it okay. till 2 or 3 in the morning. Ah, oh, let's see. Well, a lot of these. I'm man, not seeing struggling.
1: any other. Oh, uh, Patricia asks about, is it set collection?
2: No,
0: I wouldn't call it set collection, no.
2: Mick thinks it's Rise of Augustus, which has that, if I remember right, has that bingo element. Is that it? It is not Rise of Augustus. I don't know if I've ever seen or heard of that one. Okay. That is the one that's got the the bingo app. It's got a – Ecos came out this year. I don't know if you heard of Ecos from um, yeah, John, remember, yeah. John D. Clare. And he took that Rise of Augustus. Uh, if you've ever played Karuba, you know, if you've ever played Karuba, it's just mm-hmm. picking stuff out of a bag or picking stuff, flipping something over, and then everybody has to deal with what that is. Bingo, you know, basically. So it's yeah. it's taking the bingo mechanic in, in – uh, supposed to be a good game but i haven't played it
1: Ah, oh, steve your turn you got anything i'm mm, um, wondering if we should try and focus on mechanic um because he said there's card play but yeah. if there's any other additional is there money mechanics? in the game good question
0: no no currency no currency at all
1: is it some kind of an engine builder
2: nope Wow, he is really stumping us if it's the mcdonald's okay. happy meal game i'm gonna be mad.
1: because <laughs> then i know he talked to alex this morning no but if he talked to alex this morning alex alex has moved on to the barbie the game, barbie from game. From the barbie game I forgot from the yeah. uh from happy yeah. meal game See, and he
2: and he, he admitted during the show he talked to alex this morning and alex told him to come up with some weird game like that barbie game he did or, not i promise he was not trying to throw you as a uh, he, he <laughs> killed us because his game was the happy meal game and none of us even heard of it I think we, uh, I, think, no. I don't know what it is. Um, is there, is there, is it, would you say there's player conflict? So we're going to, we're going to directly move against each other type of thing? Yes. As much as, okay. would you call it a dudes on a map type of game? No. Not dudes on a map. But there is player interaction. Yes.
1: You you said trash. Maybe we should try and nail down the theme. Is it a fantasy theme?
2: Nope. Wild West? Nope. No. Sci-fi? Yes. Okay. Okay. Now we're cracking here. So so get rid of... Um, it's not Chaos in the World world or any of those. Mm-hmm. Ooh, Is it, kind it of- could be Eclipse. But that's you can't play Eclipse in an hour. No, it's not Eclipse.
0: It's not Eclipse. I just got my uh, Kickstarter version. I'm very excited mm-hmm. to bust that out at some
1: point. So it's, it's not it's BSG power. or
2: Eclipse or any of those because you, no. you can't play
1: those in an hour. Well, you could play no. Dark Moon in an hour, but... Dark Moon would be. And it, wouldn't, and it wouldn't be sandboxy like Firefly or Zion. Zion no.
2: Because, again, you can't play those in an hour No, not,
1: not, that's what I'm thinking, not that.
2: And he said it's not IP-based, so it's not going to be in that Star Wars, Outer Rim, Star Trek. or Rebellion, yeah. or Star Trek, or yeah. any of those things. Yeah. Firefly. Okay. He said not IP-based. So, oh, he's really stumbling me here. Uh, okay, so you know what?
1: Let me peek back in when the chat. When we
2: win this game, we always do this. We think about what the clues are. The clues are, it's probably an American, American trashy design. It's got science fiction elements with cards. Mm-hmm. It's a player interaction. But the minis, you know, are not that... Is it Cosmic Encounter? No way. Yes. Oh, my God.
1: It is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I got it, Jack. Jack, my son Jack's clapping for because he loves that game. I got, I know, hey, this is how we this is how we win because we start just thinking, what are the clues yep. and what what game sounds like that cosmic encounter. Hey, I love cosmic encounter, and you're a fan.
0: It's so good. I my my buddies stopped playing it for a while with me because I would win every time because any wheeling and dealing negotiation game they hate playing with me because I constantly am like hosing people over, (laughs) just wheeling it, and all of a sudden like they're like, how did Dustin win? I'm like, I don't know. Weird. People
2: think there's luck in there, and there is a little bit, right? People Uh think there's ganging up or, oh, the player powers are too strong. Bradley. Bradley constantly says, oh, the game is broken. It's like, that's the point. You know it's broken. What can you do? Steve, if you pull certain alien races, you know going in, everybody's gunning for you. What are you going to do about it? You have exactly. that incredible how you, power. How do you react? I, yeah. How do you react to the fact that you have an incredible power? Yes. <laughs> Jack yeah. is just, he's twisting the screwdriver on me because he just, he loves using those special powers to just knock us out. So no, that's you. Great, well, great, had my
0: favorite story, I think in board gaming that I've ever had was we were at a conference and my buddy, Mike, who's part of the company, he brought it and we were playing like five or six people. One was like, uh, my boss, uh, a lady who I've known forever, and she's been a good mentor. And we were, she loves board games, and so we were playing. And it was down to me and her both had four planets, and I had like one card in my hand, and she had like one card in her hand, and or maybe a couple. She might have had a couple. And I was like, hey, why don't we negotiate? We'll both win because you know I, I'll, I'll negotiate you negotiate, and we'll be good. And she's like, okay. Oh. She no. puts down her negotiate card, and I put down my zero attack card. That the only thing I had in my hand. And she looks at me like I shot her dog. She was just <laughs> devastated.
2: And she's like, I will never play games with you again. It's, it's called The Turn. You became the heel. Oh, my God. You I just, just twisted it. Her her jaw dropped. Mike,
0: he just started dying laughing. It was perfect. Like I, It was just one of
2: my favorite memories playing games at any point. It was amazing. Well, that was the Game Time on Dustin picked Cosmic Encounter. Game Time presented by Game Toppers, LLC. Make your game nights a showstopper, Dustin. When you play on a game topper, right? Our friend over there, yeah, Berkey, on there. Check those out. And that's the Env game. All right, board gamers, that's it for another episode of Gumball Live. Steve, you got any more questions for Dustin about any of the Kickstarter? No, he
1: nailed them. Uh, other than, uh, are you signing John to an exclusive? <laughs> um, that was Not my only yet. He, he
0: had another uh, design of his get published. I can't remember what it was. It was like part of the children's design contest and somebody okay. picked it up and, and published like a family game. And I, I have to go back and look at it. So we don't have them exclusive yet, but uh, we, we are usually his first choice, I think in the, from now on. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. keep them. Coming.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well, we've been, we've been impressed. That's it for another episode of Good he Hey Dustin, tell people, how can they reach you if they want to talk to about talk to you about side games or any of the projects that you have going on?
0: Sure. Yeah. So we're on, we're on Twitter at side Room games. Uh, we're on Facebook uh, side Room games, uh, Instagram as well. Um, and you can go to our website, sideroomgames.com. We have our shop set up. Um, we have a couple things out of stock right now just because it's been so successful, um, but we're looking at reprints for, you know, black snot is going to happen. Maquis is going to happen sometime this, this summer. Um, and then we have still have copies of orchard. Uh, we're actually working through a, a inventory issue, but uh, we should have some of those uh, here pretty soon as well. So uh, yeah, that's the best way to reach us.
2: And you got a couple of cool projects coming out. I saw Pirates versus Pirates, the winner from 2018. Yeah, from
0: 2019, so last year. Yeah, that's a, it's a card game where you basically each card is your pirate ship and you're doing uh, battle, uh, like almost like using them as minis, but you're moving the cards around the table with Ooh. powers and stuff. That's pretty cool. Pirates versus uh, and, Pirates.
2: When are yep, you when yep, expecting then,
0: that to hit Kickstarter? That one's probably, it needs some development time, we're working on that one probably spring of next year. And then the other one we haven't talked about is Mechanical Beast, um, which is the one I'm super excited about as well for this probably coming in the fall winter time frame. That's um, it's the a tile short lane.
2: version of that name, though.
0: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in, into the belly and back out again or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, But that one is really cool. It's a tile laying game where you are you are diving into a Mechanical beasts and exploring rooms and finding survivors and then you have to turn the beast off and escape and as you are escaping the tiles are removed and the beast is slowly collapsing around you and you're scrambling to get your way back to the exit.
2: I hate to tell you, I am so tired of those mechanical beasts diving in, looking for survivor themes. I mean, it's like a, a million games out there, right, See, you, exactly. You've seen exactly. one, you've seen yeah. one, you played one. No, that is a really, no, in all honesty, you're yeah. joking aside, a that's a idea. really unique theme. Yeah, and that, that one's going
0: to be really cool because we're actually going to work with the, the manufacturer um, to have the tiles be magnetic so that when you pick them up, you will have a like a mechanical or uh, a magnetic Apparatus that will allow you to pick up the tiles and rotate them, so it makes it a lot easier to actually play the game. Because that was one of the most frustrating things. And like, I can't get the middle tile out of this big, gigantic spread out, so I can move things around. And with the magnetic, uh, we cool. saw a guy actually on Facebook build one of his own. And I contacted him. I'm like, hey, we need to work. We need to get this. And so we are like to deal with him. Cool. And so
2: it's going to be really cool. Yeah. So that's two good games. I want to take a look at Pirates, Pirates versus Pirates, and that mechanical. Beat. Although I, has somebody already taken. Belly of the Beast as a game name. Is that why is that why it's not there? That is the only mechanical beast on Board Game Geek that I can find. So okay. I'm hoping it's at least moderately unique. We'll see. It is moderately unique. <laughs> Alright, so make sure to like our Facebook page, facebook.com slash on our YouTube channel. It helps us get the word out about all of our upcoming guests and shows, including next week's show, Matthew Aslan, the design, the designer of The Rat Catcher, is coming in. A game that for some reason Bradley and Carlos have been talking about for weeks. Can't wait to talk to him about that one. I'm BJ from Board Game Gumbo. And until next time, Dustin and Steve, laissez le bon temps See ya. Thanks for listening. Gumbo Live is produced by BJ Rosa and the name father, Steve O'Rourke, with editing by Sean Jones. You can find more Board Game Gumbo content by checking out our YouTube channel, Facebook page, and Twitter feed at Board Game Gumbo. Or visit the Board Game Gumbo blog at boardgamegumbo.com. Board Game Gumbo is a proud member of Punchboard Media, where you can find new audio podcasts, written reviews, videos, how to plays, and more at punchboardmedia.com. Punchboard Media, where we all bring something to the table. Until next time, les et les bons temps